Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Startup Parent Podcast. This is the show where we get to talk to working parents, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and creatives about what it looks like to raise kids and also build companies. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday on a very chilly day headed into the fall. My partner just took our two little ones out to the park for a few minutes, so I'm going to pop in and say hello. So we've had a total of two weeks of childcare since March 12th, um, 2020, and We finally got to go back to daycare for two weeks and then the kids naturally caught colds because that happens every time we go to daycare for two weeks and then they got sent home and we had to stay away for the minimum 10 to 14 days before we could go back. And I don't know which was harder. I don't know if having six months of no childcare or having two weeks of feeling the freedom again and then having it snatched away was harder. But boy, it took me about three days after they went back into childcare, after the, the, the cold fiasco, for me to even feel like I could recover and think well. And I wanna to talk today about something that happens, something that comes up when um, things beyond our control happen. Uh, and I'll share with you a coaching practice that is really, really useful. And then a tool that I use to make myself feel better, to be honest. So in the coaching world, there's a tool called, I think it's called areas of control or circles of control or circles of influence. Um, and the way that it works is like this. And if you have a piece of paper and you want to draw this out with me, go, go on and do that. And if you have a baby in your arms or you're driving, then please don't try to draw. <laughs> Keep a hold of that baby and don't, don't draw while you're driving a car. So the coaching circles look, it's three concentric circles. So there's one small circle and then around that you draw a slightly bigger circle and then around that you draw one more circle. In the smallest circle in the center, that's the area called areas of control. And these are things that you can actually control. You can control whether you stand up or sit down, um, things that you have jurisdiction over. You can control when you eat, potentially. Maybe you can't because that's, that's something that you can only influence because you know, you've got a baby sleeping on your chest and way over there in the kitchen is the food and you don't want to wake the baby and so this is feeling like it's a little bit out of your control. The next layer is areas of influence, things that you can influence, things that you might be able to affect a little bit of change on, but you can't perfectly control. So getting the kids to bed by a certain time or having them fall asleep or even you going to sleep at a certain time, maybe having your boss pick your project or reduce something off of your workplace or getting a raise. Those aren't things that you can perfectly control, but they are things that you can influence. You can campaign for them, you can set systems up, you can set routines, you can learn over time, but they're not 100% within your control. Man, if you had a magic wand that was like, and the kids are asleep, that'd be pretty cool. The last The last circle, the outermost circle, are things that are out of your control. Things that you can't influence and you cannot change. Things that you cannot control. 
I bring this up because it's something that I've used again lately when I think about kind of the big year that 2020 is for um, the United States and those that are still interested in what the United States is doing. I would appreciate that, that number might be going down, the number of people might be decreasing. But the uh, we've got a big election coming up and it there are times in my life when I would be completely overwhelmed and distraught and worried so intensely about the outcome of the coming election, just scared and terrified. And I think what's helping me right now is that I, that I don't, I can't control the outcome of the election. It's not something that I can decide. It's not something I can fully influence. There are areas of influence that I can, and actions that I can take, but I can't single-handedly determine the outcome. It is beyond my control. And that actually gives me a little bit of detachment and acceptance where I say, you know what, I'm going to do everything that's in my circle of control and I'm going to do everything that's in my circle of influence, but I can't control this one. We also can't control our kids. We can't necessarily control our partners. There's, we can influence them, but there's a lot in our lives that are out of our control. If you have the time to, that's such a funny statement, if you have the time, like no one has the time right now, but if you have an extra minute where you are worrying or you are caught up or you're preoccupied or you feel extra stress and it doesn't feel like the stress is, is successfully getting out of your body, then I really encourage you to take a piece of paper and draw these three circles, draw them nice and big. <laughs> so we have like a big area, circle of control, big circle of influence, big circle of things that are out of your control and just start listing all of the things that are stressing you out or frustrating you and put them in their respective places. It might seem obvious like, well, Sarah, I already know this. I already know that I can't control this or I already know that these things are stressing me out. But there's something that connects in our brains when we take what's in, what's inside and we put it outside to a place we can see. And it actually closes the loop in this magical way where you see it and you say, oh, those things aren't in my control. Oh, and you kind of exhale and you go, all right, those aren't in my control. It's very, it's very strange because listening to me, you may be nodding along and saying, well, yeah, I know those things aren't in my control. But when your brain sees it, it connects the dots and it closes the loop. I don't have a perfect explanation psychologically for what's going on, but I will say that people smarter than me have studied this. And in studying my own thoughts and patterns as N equals one as a single case study, most thoughts are not actually complete sentences. The way that we think is bizarre and strange. We will do this, like if it were a song, it would be like playing ABC, 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 and we never finish the song. We always, it's like the start of a thread, it arcs up, and then we do some action, like we're, we're let's say we're walking down the hallway and we're headed to the kitchen, and we're like, I wonder who's going to be, and then we get into the kitchen and we start pouring the coffee and the thought comes back, I wonder who's going to be. And then we open the dishwasher to start unpacking some dishes. We go, I wonder who's going to be. And the thoughts in our head are actually these um, half finished loops that play over and over again. And they really can provoke an emotional and stressful response. And we don't close them. We don't actually finish them. The thing that helps us finish thoughts or move them or change them are things like conversation with another human being, 
speaking out loud, therapy, journaling, meditation, exercise, walking. We actually have to do the work to get them out of our head. So back to this circles diagram, the areas of control, the areas of influence. Believe me and just trust me and go ahead and actually get a piece of paper and write it down. Try it and see one of my favorite phrases of all time. Just try and see. It's one of the, it's one of the best ways to get yourself to do something. Um, I'll go on a little side tangent here. One of my, uh, we have family philosophies and we have business philosophies, core values. And in our family, one of our family values is try it and see. However, it is a very flawed core value because it doesn't work for every situation. It's not like, you know, like telling a teenager who wants to have unprotected sex, be like, oh, try it and see. No, thanks. No, we're good. We're not going to try that one. Right. <laughs> or like your four-year-old's on top of a 10 foot building and he wants to jump and you're, you're like, oh, try it and see. No, no, no. We're also not going to try that one. I don't want to go and get a broken arm. Um, but when it comes to things that don't have high risk or that don't seem to have like huge consequences and potentially have an upside, if you're trying to make a decision about what to do, I really like to rely on like, oh, try it and see. So if you're a new parent and you haven't left your baby alone before and you're really, really scared and you've got thoughts on loop and you feel nervous and you've got trepidation and you're not sure, Give yourself that little shortcut, that little loop in your brain and say, okay, you know what? 30 minutes, try it and see. Let me have somebody come over. They'll sit here in my house with me and I'll take a shower. I'll just try it and see. I'll make it smaller. So more specifically, I'm recording this on Saturday morning and Justice Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed. And she is and was an extraordinary human being. She fought tirelessly for... Um, human rights, for women's rights, for equal rights, for equity, and for, for really for justice. I think she is one of the most phenomenal role models I've ever had in my lifetime, and I look forward to being able to have more incredible leaders like her. I hope I get to see so many more people like her in our lifetime. We knew that she was not well, and... We also know that people die and keeping her alive is not something that fits into our areas of influence or either even our areas of control. This is something that was beyond our control and it is sad and devastating. And I'm recording this podcast today because I want to give you a tool um, and a way to process and to keep going. So the title of this episode is something to look forward to, and that can feel hard to do. So the first thing is that is the coaching exercise of going through the circles and figuring out what's within your control. And then within your areas of control, I want you to add something. I want you to add something to look forward to. Now this needs to be something that's within your control. So. It can't be the outcome of an election. Oh, I'm looking forward to November 4th when we win. Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know. We can't know. And we will persist in whatever world meets us. The pandemic world, the parenting world, and the post-election world. We will persist in whatever world comes. But until then, as a way to keep your control and to build your own energy, 
It's such a great practice to have something small to look forward to either on a daily basis or a weekly basis or both. I am currently working on having a yoga class with one of my favorite teachers once a week and that's a huge thing that I look forward to. I also I do a Peloton ride with my cousins at 6.30 in the morning once a week. They do it like three times a week and I am just, I can't make it through 18 minutes of exercise without falling over. So I do it once a week with them. I sometimes try to do more. Sometimes I'll join them, but I will do the class while reading a book and pedaling very slowly. So I hope nobody's looking at my like output because it's not great. Actually, it is great. It's within my control and it's great. But uh, maybe there's a special bag of extra dark chocolate and you have a piece of chocolate every day at 4 p.m. while you lie on the floor and you take five minutes to do 10 deep belly breaths with chocolate. You can do deep belly breathing and eat chocolate. Like there's, you're allowed to A, try it and C and B, create the kind of world you wanna live in. And if your, your dream is a soft fuzzy carpet with a blanket with good music while you do deep belly breathing and then you eat chocolate during your Shavasana, like, Please do that. That sound, I think I have to do that today just because it sounds amazing. So give yourself, especially when you think about the next six weeks and the next eight weeks that are coming, you think about the fall season, October, November, we're in 2020, it's an election year. Make sure that you have anchors and things that you can look forward to that will not be disrupted by the huge volatility in the world around you. A weekly Zoom date with a friend or a phone call, a walking phone call, can be wonderful. If you need something else to look forward to, we are doing parenting talk circles. We have um, a free gathering for our community on the first Friday of every month. It's at 11 a.m. Eastern, so 8 a.m. Pacific. That lets our European friends join us as well. I'm sorry to my Australian friends, that is probably not an amenable time for you. 11 a.m. I think it's like either 1. 11 a.m. is either 1 a.m. or um, like 3 p.m. No, 3 a.m. It's basically the middle of your night So for my Australian and Hong Kong friends. So give yourself something to look forward to. We're going to see you the first Friday in October and the first Friday in November. We're also gonna do one the first Friday in December. You can sign up over on our website, go to startupparent.com. You can also try whatever you want, but give yourself something small to look forward to and make sure it's something that's within your locus of control. That's all for today, everyone. Thanks so much for coming to this podcast. I really appreciate it. I am so grateful for everybody who listens. I get emails uh, quite frequently from you all Um, responding to my episodes. I love reading them. And thanks for sharing. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. We have been growing steadily, slowly, but steadily. And it's because of you, the people listening, that this podcast is growing and also still exists. So thank you so much.